Hello guys, welcome to Along the Way Bible Teaching. My name is Zebediah, and we're going to go through uh, the first full chapter of Hebrews today. Um, so get your Bibles open, and let's begin. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing those people onto this podcast that uh, desire to look after you, and I pray that they have ears to hear, and that you speak through me today. Thank you for what you're going to do in their lives. In your name, amen. So, last time we were together, I went over the first two verses of Hebrews. Uh, it's Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And we kind of talked about, um, ended up talking about the uh, personality of God, kind of the character of God, who he is. And that's kind of what we got into. And honestly, the next two verses, uh, I would be a total of... Uh, one through four, all kind of lead back to that. Uh, so we're going to go back to the chapter, and there's something that I don't know if it confused you guys, but I kind of wanted to clarify on something that I said kind of before we fully go into it. Um, that is uh, something that I said, which was uh, that God's done speaking to us. Um, to fully kind of clarify what I mean is that God is done speaking to mankind. Is that it is finished. Uh, God's enunciation of who his character is is finished within the life of Jesus Christ. Um, the Old Testament started to reveal things and revealed parts of who God was uh, in part, in partial. Uh, some of the prophets got small pieces of it. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob got small pieces of it. And as you went on and on, different people got different aspects of who who God was. Uh, so that's kind of what I meant by that. And I kind of wanted to clarify uh, before we truly got back into it. So um, the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's a book that was written to uh, what we today call Messianic Jews. Uh, that is to say, uh, Jewish believers in Jesus Christ. And that is uh, people that grew up Jewish or within the Jewish religion that saw that uh, truthfully in Judaism that Jesus was the Messiah that was promised by God uh, throughout the centuries. Um, honestly, this is actually kind of cool. My uh, past pastor, our previous pastor, his wife is one of those. She is a Messianic Jew. Um, he was doing missionary work when he met her over in Israel. Uh, they ended up together and met him. And they're a really cool couple. Um, great zeal for the Lord, uh, these two. And so it's interesting that they still exist. That uh, There's honestly also uh, ministries that are aimed directly toward the Jews and Jewish believers. Um, so God's not done with Israel. You find that in uh, Romans, I think it's uh, 9 through 11, I think. And it kind of talks about that, that God is not done dealing with Israel. Um, and that he's going to bring them back into the forefront. It's just the Gentiles' time right now. So, this book, uh, the book of Hebrews, written to a group of Jewish believers um, as a whole, is pointing to the truth that Jesus is greater than 
everything that they've been taught. All the truth in the Old Testament that Jesus was the answer to it. As that Jesus was the spirit of the law. And that um, the intention of the law was to bring us to the knowledge of what Jesus will do for us. So, um, another thing that kind of happened that we see in a number of the other uh, New Testament situations is that uh, you have a group that are called the Judaizers, which are people that um, demand that it's the gospel and or it's Jesus and it's something, it's Jesus and something else. So, which uh, we find the kind of uh, tell the verse for that would be uh, Galatians 1, uh, verses 6 through 9. I'll kind of read that when it starts in uh, verse 6. Uh, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Uh, so, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another gospel, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what you have to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Uh, really, that is just to say that uh, you simply need to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. That it's not Christ and something else. And it's not Christ and uh, the works of the Old Testament. It's not Christ and works. It's Jesus Christ. And things that come after it, the things that you do after being saved more lead to you becoming a more mature Christian, more mature, closer to Jesus, closer to his image than uh, things that you need to do to be saved. So, uh, with those things out of the way, I'm going to read uh, through this, and then we'll just kind of start talking about it. Um, so, is it Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he, that is Christ, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he inherited a much more excellent name than they. So this first chunk is, I mean, this entire chapter is as a whole simple and very straightforward. Um, as I kind of talked last time, uh, the author, the human author of this book is not shown. It is not said explicitly. Uh, many believe it's Paul. Uh, I have a different belief, more that I don't think Paul 
wrote it because I don't think God would have sent him to uh, help out the Jews, but that's just my opinion. Uh, you can feel however you want. It's not a heaven or hell issue. <laughs> um, and so this, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about uh, his character, talking about what he did, and kind of what God did, and who he is, as I mean. Um, we have there in the first verse, God, after he spoke on, go to the father, fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. We talked about last week how uh, God spoke to man about his character um, throughout time in different ways. He talked to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He talked to them directly. He talked to them in dreams. Um, it talked to them with an audible voice, uh, the voice in your head. You know, it's just different ways that God spoke to spoke to these guys. Um, and he still speaks to us today to get us to come to him. Um, that is to say that God speaks directly to individuals, uh, sometimes in practical ways, sometimes in direct ways, sometimes through another person to bring us, to bring man, individuals to God. Uh, and then we see there in verse 2, In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, or uh, in Son, in the conversation of Jesus Christ. Whom God appointed heir of all things, through whom God made the world. Um, and he is the radiance of his glory. Or Christ is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature. And upholds all things. Power. When he made purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It's amazing. Is that the kind of talking about the Trinity here, or at least the peace of the Trinity. We don't have uh, the enunciation of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, but you got the Father and the Son talked about here how Christ is it, the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature is that um, you know there's a phrase that we use um, that says that you know essentially watch what you say because you know, your words can have a mind of their own um, and we're made in the image of God and God's words have a mind of their own, and his name is Jesus. Uh, which might kind of break your brain to think about that. I said, God's power is so potent that when he speaks, it's still him, but it has a physical representation. It is Jesus. Um, having become much better than the angels, as he has inherited a much ex more excellent name than they. Uh, so that when, meaning that when Jesus died and paid for, for our sins so that he could be with us, um, he inherited the earth. And so that was, I mean, uh, there's a... Uh, 
it just kind of came to me. I don't, I don't have a reference for it, but uh, there's a parable that essentially says that uh, God paid, that a man paid for a field to find, to acquire the treasure that was inside of it. Uh, the field being the world, as that Jesus died for our, died to pay for our sins, and that's the payment that he did for the field, for the world, so that he could have the treasure within it, and that treasures us. That's uh, so that he inherited a much more excellent name than the angels, is that he's, because he's greater than the angels, uh, that's kind of what we're going to get into um, in this next chunk, that is uh, verses, and you take it to 5 through 14, and you kind of call 4 is a bit of like a transition from uh, verses 1 through 3 kind of being the enunciation of uh, God's character, and then 5 through 14, uh, so a lot of references to the Old Testament, um, which I'll I'll give so that you guys can take a look at later um, on your own time, or just so that you can have reference notes for it. Um, but we're going to get into that, essentially, that Jesus is greater than the angels, which it should come as no surprise. Uh, but, I mean, there are some today, you see, even in Christendom, that uh, will worship angels or pray to angels for specific things, but we see here, uh, we'll also see in, um, you also see in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, um, when angels are shown, that they deny worship. They abhor being worshipped, is that when, uh, a number of times, you see that uh, they'll appear to a man, and the man will fall down um, in worship of the angel, and the angel will tell him to get up. It's like, dude, you're going to get me in trouble. Get up. Kind of a thing, you know? Um, so angels deny worship. Wherever you see them, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, they will quickly deny being worshipped because it's God who's supposed to be worshipped. Like you don't praise the creation, you praise the Creator. You know, you don't go to... So you go straight to the source. You know? Um, so, let's start in verse 4. Uh, Having become as much better than the angels, as Christ has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be a father to him, and she, he shall be a son to me. Uh, those references, it's uh, 2 Samuel 7.14, and the second part is Psalm 2.7. Uh, and when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his, wing, his angels winds, and his, and his ministers a fire, flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, 
and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will become like an old garment. Like the mantle, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will also be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. But to which of the angels has God ever said, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? So, simply put, the author, the human author, through the Holy Spirit, um, is telling us essentially that it's Jesus that is it got the inheritance. He's the one that God sent. He's the one who is even, who is level, who is on the same field as God. Is it? They are the same. It's like it's not some angel. It's not some created being. Being. It's Jesus Christ. And so, this kind of idolatry that we can sometimes get into of putting something else above God. I mean, we all kind of do it. It's all on different, it's at different levels, and we do it with different things. But in one way or another, we do it. You know? So, why is it important for us to think of these things? For us to look at the Word, to look at, I mean, it should be kind of obvious that angels are better than us. I mean, not that angels are better than us, but that Jesus is greater than the angels. You know, so why is it important for us to look into these things to, say, take a dive into this? Um, something that I kind of said before is that we uh, tend to serve the creation or the creator or we worship uh, the thing over God or the thing that he gives us over the one who gives it to us. So there's a, uh, an event like this in Exodus chapter 32 um, Moses, no, not Moses, sorry. No, I'm alright. Moses. Moses went up to the mountain to uh, talk with God to kind of bring the law back down. And while he's up there, the people uh, didn't know what to do with themselves. They didn't have the guy who Moses was uh, to talk to God, and they needed something to worship. They needed something to do. And so, uh, with the help of Moses' brother, that they created a golden calf. They created something to worship. You know, it's just that kind of picture that we see quite often of praising the creation over the creator. Uh, that's why, as you know, we're looking in this, that that this is important. That it's important for us to look to God. Um, I mean, even though that the golden calf is a bit of like a, you know, you, you might 
push it off. It's like, yeah, well, that's something that people used to do. People wouldn't do that now. Um, I would kind of posit that that's not true. Uh, that, honestly, even now in our Christian circles, uh, people do that. That, to some degree, in a certain specific situations, that we still do that. Um, growing up, I had a number of essentially spiritual uh, experiences. Um, I think when if you're a person that seeks after God, you will have them. Uh that being that you're, say, a worship service or you're listening to a preaching or a teaching and God specifically taps you when something is said, whether it's in a song or if it's in a sermon, you know, it kind of hits you and it sticks. And that spiritual experience, that point of God speaking directly to you about a very specific thing in your life, creates an emotional experience. You know, spiritual experience creates an emotional experience. Um, however, we have, say, uh, something that I've noticed in Christian worship. We have the situation where it seems like people have had these experiences, but praise the emotional experience, or try to create and synthesize this emotional experience in a worship song, uh, because they feel that it's the emotional experience that is God talking. That uh, when you get emotional, that means that God is speaking to the room. Which that's not that's not the case. You get emotional because God speaks to you. And God directly speaks to you because that truth hurts. You know, it, it brings light to a dark place. You know, it is uncomfortable when that happens. But the spiritual experience is not the emotional experience. They are not the same thing. And I think as Christians, it's something that uh, we need to be aware of. Uh, be walking away from. Now, that is my personal opinion on it. Um, as we see... Uh, in Revelations 22, 8 and 9, uh, we find an instance where like John, one of the apostles, ends up uh, worshipping an angel. As a, he, he's seeing all these in, intense and crazy things, and then an angel appears, and he falls on his face to worship him. And the angel kind of looks at him and says, like, dude, you need to stop. No. And I say, it's God that you worship, not me. And so... You know, even the man who wrote, you know, he wrote the Gospel of John, he saw, you know, what God is going to do. Even he worshipped, you know, and fell down on his face. Uh, the amazingness of these angels. And it's just something that, it happens, but we need to keep an eye out. And be wary of what we do in this situation. The other thing that we can kind of look at is just how amazing God is. And we see that we kind of looked over the last chunk there. Uh, that's uh, verses 5 through 14 about how Jesus is greater than the angels. But we see there in verses 1 through 4, you notice know, that 
how expansive God is, how great the person that we serve is, you know, how great Christ is. As a, that is why we go over these verses. That's why we dig into um, the Bible is so that we see who he is and is that as Christians, as men and women of God, that as we seek after him, we can show the world the love of God. And that's really what you know, all this is about. That's what Christianity is about. It's one beggar showing another beggar where he found bread. You know, and so as we dig into who God is, as we find out more about his character, as we learn about who it is that Jesus is, who God is, and what he wants from us, we can more effectively show the light, show the love of God to those around us, to those who need the love of God. So, thanks for listening. This was Along the Way Bible Teaching. Uh, grace and peace. Have a good day.